The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. We're so excited because, hello, welcome, this is Bitch and Every Week We Talk About a Different Person. We just said we diverge, we veer wildly off track. And this week we have a person with us. An actual human being. Via Zoom. Via Zoom. Welcome, John Taylor. That's that's just how I'm going to describe you, John, as an actual human being. <laughs> Hi, I'm an actual human person. <laughs> no introduction needed. Uh, John is an uh, actor, writer. I'm guessing you have many strings to your bow. I mean, I know you from Twitter, so... You're, to me, <laughs> yeah, you're, that, you're, to me, you're a tweeter. Yeah, well, that takes up a, di- a distressing amount of my time. And that there, there, there might well be more writing... Uh, if there were less mm-hmm. tweeting, but mm-hmm. that's not a that's not a thread I'm prepared to pull on too hard. Oh, a thread, a Twitter thread. <laughs> hey. There we go. Don't pull on it until you're ready. I think. <laughs> also, I feel like your whole life, our lives are going to be preserved by what we say on social media. So what you're doing is writing your own eulogy, essentially, or your own memoirs for history. So it's not wasted time being on Twitter. I don't think. It, it, that's true, but then your eulogy is like. Oh, he had a disappointing yogurt that day, <laughs> and it's like you can't really carve that on a gravestone. I don't well, know. You, you could try. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Do you want to say, John, who we're talking about, and also why you picked this person? Yeah, um, I think about food a lot, mm. and um, particularly in the last—not uh, to be an immediate downer, but in the last six months, I've had a few medical issues, which meant I've had to completely change my diet. Um, and as somebody who's always enjoyed cooking and almost been one of those people who make it a bit of their personality that they're cooking all the time, mm-hmm. um, it's just been on my mind a lot of uh, the way food's presented to us and our relationship with food through the people who introduce it to us. So I wanted to talk about uh, the wonderful and magnificent Nadia Hussain. Oh, Yay, I'm so, so glad great. you said wonderful and magnificent because you never quite know because we are called bitching and sometimes the assumption <laughs> is therefore we're horrible about everybody. So it's nice that we're talking about her and I, Which I isn't you true agree. because I mean the other week we were we said well you said you wanted to go for a pint with Rishi Sunak so I oh mean... I regretted that immediately though <laughs> I, I've Ooh. retracted that immediately we Not... tried to give everyone a fair trial and I even was the just saying even the Tories Rarely I mean he wouldn't t- pay for the pint oh that's true that's true <laughs> that's true well they've just confirmed haven't they that they've uh, they're putting up national insurance so he's off my uh, yeah dinner he can party get fucked yeah list yeah yeah can... and, and and in in extra getting fucked news there's also this thing about closing the quote loophole of claiming for heating and internet and utilities if you work from home. No, no, so no. Are you that's, serious? That's what they're talking about doing. That's that's not a loophole. That's sort of a, a feature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just do our work without the heating on. I'll just do it outside. <laughs> don't need a flat. Yeah, you don't need internet. You can just you can just shout at somebody nearby and that's <laughs> We'll all just become street performers, maybe that's what we need to do (laughs) from now on. Oh dear. Um, I'm with you with the fascination on food though, Uh, obsessed. My whole day is formed around what meals I'm going to eat and what I'm going to cook, so I was really pleased that you picked something food related so we can talk about food. Yeah, well basically what what I'm facing at the moment is I've been medically advised uh, to eat as few carbs as possible, which Mm. means bread, sugar, potatoes... All, all the things that make life worthwhile. Yeah, all the best things. Um, uh, no beer. Um, and so I've been spending a lot of time looking at sort of beautiful recipes such as Nadia cooks and thinking, well, I mean, I could make that with 
almond flour <laughs> and flaxseed and and misery and <laughs> <laughs> a dollop and, of resentment <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a dessert it's a reminder that you've made bad decisions in your life. God. and because uh, i've had all my carbs basically that's the reason that i've got to oh stop really is it like forever yeah. it's kind of forever um it's it's i have to keep it monitored but mm. basically um I didn't have a particularly unhealthy diet, but uh, mm. my body has sort of ceased to process carbs, probably. Um, so, and particularly being on, on, on tour at the moment, uh, not being so able to reach hard. for a toast oh at the God. beginning of the day. Or, yeah. or a bag uh, of chips. So, Wait, can you eat chips? No, not really. I can eat uh, celeriac chips. Uh, that's the other thing about not eating carbs. You become incredibly middle class, whether you want to or not. <laughs> so, it's like, I've, I, I drink kombucha now. Oh, lovely. And, and eat eat celeriac chips and I, it all feels very poncy mm, oh, own it own being poncy <laughs> you're doing what you got to do for you, for your health and and that's yeah that's a that's a good thing absolutely it's it's it, but it's it's quite expensive yeah like almond flour and coconut flour and protein bars and all those kinds of mm. things they're, they're, they're more expensive than you know, normal food that tastes nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's the thing I found about being vegan, which is very much voluntary rather than someone told me to do it, so I don't get as much sympathy. But it's just <laughs> my food bill did definitely go up, particularly at the beginning while I was, I mean, working out how to adjust to it. It's, um, yeah. yeah, it just is pricey. And it's so dumb, like, there's a brand of top of chocolate of chocolate there's a brand of chocolate it's chocolate and it's toxic (laughs) there's a brand of toxic chocolate that i used to buy that didn't have milk in it and they have since put milk in it and created another vegan version of that chocolate that they charge more for it's just so depressing capitalism breeds innovation yeah Yeah, when they know you need it and i guess with dietary stuff as well they know you really need it or you will die they will charge yeah. you more for it. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. And because my husband and I were trying to eat much more plant-based diet when, when this happened. And I, my life isn't feasible without eggs anymore. Yeah. Um, it's just, that's the, that's literally the one breakfast food that oh, you it's can still possible have eggs. doing. You I can, can have, have eggs. I thought you were saying yeah. that you can't and therefore your life no, is not no. feasible. No, but you tried, to no. Cut, yeah, you tried to cut them out and then you realised you have to bring yeah. them back. Absolutely. No, eggs are protein, like. Yeah. You need that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I met. I actually met somebody yesterday. It was so embarrassing. Who I just somehow ended up. I, I, when you say you're vegan, there is an assumption that you therefore think everybody else should be vegan, and I, and I found it really hard to steer away from making it sound like that is what I thought. And she was talking about all of her health conditions and dietary requirements, and I was doing. It sounds like I was saying like it sounds like you're doing the best that you possibly can be because she was clearly justifying to me the fact she needs to now eat meat and I really really don't mind but the more I was saying I didn't mind the more she thought I, it was just it was a no I just had to walk away no from the you kill them it's, it's fine I'm not bothered yeah and obviously you wish death upon every animal you've ever met but yeah, that's fine you do but you we're, we're also attuned to look into these signals that it's almost impossible to say that you're fine with something without it sounding passive-aggressive. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And we're British as well, so it does it, just sound fake. Yeah, because yeah, even if you say, even if you say, like, completely sincerely, you say, no, honestly, I'm fine, yeah. that's the most passive-aggressive sentence <laughs> yeah. in the world. Yeah. I don't believe you. Or, you weren't even saying it about anything, and I was like, I don't believe it. <laughs> it's true. The amount of subtext, oh my gosh. I'm really guilty for it though. I live my life through subtext. So then when I'm, I'm trying saying... to live my life without subtext now, mm, this is a this is going? a codependent recovery thing. You just take people 
at their word. It's really hard because... What do you worry about in the middle of the night, then? <laughs> well, I've got a weighted blanket now, so I just sleep through the night. <laughs> also, Tilly has quite um, dramatic dreams, so that, that takes your energy, doesn't that it? That takes up a lot of my time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how you describe them as dramatic dreams instead of nightmares. <laughs> just the idea that I'm, oh, I'm making it all. She's making it all up. They're very dramatic No, it's about dreams. positive reframing, positive reframing. You're in a thriller, that's what's happening. <laughs> Tonight, in a very special subconscious, we present <laughs> Teddy's Dramatic that. Dream. Very much that. L- look, in, in terms of our... I should read Nadia's uh, yeah. Wikipedia page. You should just, just go to Wikipedia, John. Nice, because nice. Just for the sake of, you know, feeling like we look like we've done some Googling, even if we haven't. Because <laughs> we haven't, and we generally say, do your own Googling. That's what we say. <laughs> do your own Googling. Here she is, Nadia Jamir Hussain, MBE... Me Begum, born the 25th of December 1984, she's very young, is a British Bangladeshi TV chef, author and television presenter. She rose to fame after winning the sixth series of BBC's Great British Break Off in Break Off <laughs> in 2015. She loves to break off that bread in Great British Break Off. <laughs> what a legend, what an icon. Are you both fans of the British Break Off? Do you watch it? I did watch that Netflix? season actually, I don't watch it anymore. Yeah, I, I used to watch it religiously. And I still, I still do watch it. I watch it every week, but I, they, I don't. I'm trying to skirt around a way of saying I don't enjoy it as much as I used to. But Same. I think it is as simple as that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think there's there's part of it, it's easy to maybe blame the move to commercial television, but I think there's part of the challenge setting which is a bit more. We're going to give you something that takes eight hours and give you twenty eight minutes to do it in, and yeah. oh dear, it's fallen over. <laughs> um, which, which it, it sounds great when you describe it like that. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> like Takeshi's Castle, but with cake. <laughs> I don't know why I got so angry when they moved to Channel 4. Like, I really took it very personally and I yeah. boycotted it. But I don't, I mean, looking back, why, there's bigger things to be angry about. But I was, I was furious. Yeah, well, it was, it was when was it? It was 2016. Yeah, there was, there was plenty to be angry about in 2016. <laughs> yeah, there really was. Bigger fish to um, fry. <laughs> And they, they, the main change was they dropped the history bit, which people pretended to care about, but actually nobody really did. <laughs> oh, yeah, the um, little interludes where... Where, me, like, Mel would go to Vienna yeah. to watch Biscuit. See, I just love Sue and Mel. And I think, yeah. for me, that was the... I just didn't... And no shade to the new house, but... No, not at all. I just... Um, I don't know. It just it lost something in the translation. Well, there's that story about, which I really hope is true, you hear it quite a lot, so, so it may well be, that um, they always used to, if they saw somebody's like, lip quivering or saw that someone was going to have a cry or a meltdown, um, they'd swear or drop something or bang into something so that the footage wouldn't be usable. And there's so much telly that is the opposite of that and yeah. is basically squirting onion juice into people's faces. It's, <laughs> it's just really nice I to... I agree. I wonder how much they are responsible. There has been a culture shift in terms of the sort of reality TV, if we're going to call it that, under that umbrella. And I wonder how much it has been responsible for that shift because I think everybody was surprised by how popular it was and successful it was considering it's a show about making cakes. But we all really loved how nice everyone was to each other. That's always what I enjoyed about it. Yeah, because it started sort of hidden away, didn't it, on BBC Two and then they suddenly realised that loads of people were watching it. And I think... Um, that year when Nadia won, it was right at the height of when it was something that that you could you could guarantee that somebody else had seen if you mm. wanted to have a chat about what was on the telly. Yeah. And and she was just such an obvious star from the start. She you know 
really fun and funny and charismatic and and vulnerable and 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 chaotic because she'll like her last series um, on on uh, her recipe series on BBC. It's like she does a macaroni cheese with crumbled up wotsits in it. <laughs> um, I love that. Uh, and of course, it's the BBC, so she has to call it like exploded corn snack cheese powder. <laughs> or, or the um, corn snacks are available. <laughs> <laughs> and it's stuff like that that you know she's got a chocolate tart with a with a base made of crisps. Mm, um, here for and, that. And. That, that kind of chaotic energy was was part of her her run on the show, and she was making cakes with cream soda in them, in the mm. shape of bottles. And you just thought, mm. even if she doesn't win, she's won. She's going to get something huge out of this. Fucking hell! You know things are bad when I'm actually feeling quite nostalgic for 2016. <laughs> <laughs> like, was it that bad? Let's go back. Those good old days. <laughs> I read a really nice thing about her that because you know she cooked the uh, cake for the Queen's ninetieth birthday. I think it was. Um, right. Yeah. We've bitched about the Queen on this, and that wasn't a positive. Well, from my perspective, that wasn't a positive episode. But I did think I it was just really feel s- sorry for her because she's old. She's an old lady, and I not too old to protect. Beep beep beep. <laughs> <laughs> I. She's from a different. She's like a time traveler. That's my perspective on her. The rest of them are. <laughs> Parasite's an awful book. No, but, uh, no, she's she's the worst she's one. She's brainwashed. She's the worst <laughs> anyway, one. Anyway, but, <laughs> but I read this thing that when Nadia Hussain told one of her daughters that she was cooking the Queen's 90th birthday party, her Queen didn't. Her Queen. What is wrong with my words today? They're all scrambled up. Well, you might her, have COVID, Helen. So oh yeah, that's it's true. That. <laughs> that's true. My partner at the moment has COVID, so oh, I'm isolating. No. I'm okay though. Although now you I'm doing this podcast. The start. Yeah, I have noticed my <laughs> voice is sort of down here this week. <laughs> Hello. Um, but this is really getting in the way of my cute anecdote. Uh, I might just give up. Her daughter no, queen. Don't give up. Her queen daughter <laughs> um, thought didn't understand why it was so exciting because thought that by the queen she meant Mary Berry and she was like, "But you've cooked loads of cakes for Mary Berry. I don't understand." Oh, bless her heart. That's so cute. That's very sweet. You could make a lot of links between Mary Berry and the queen. Mm. Some of them faintly libelous. Other, other, other. It's more fine. Sort, we can cut positive. stuff out. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we can bleep it. We love to do a, <laughs> do a suggestive bleep. I saw Mary Berry. On Wimbledon High Street. Did you? Oh yeah, she was stood there. What was there. she doing? She just come out of Ely's, uh, which is a sort of uh, what are those shops called that have lots of little shops in a bigger shop, uh, like Debenhams. Oh, um, a department store. Department store. Yeah, she just come out of there, and then someone stopped her and went, "You're Mary Berry," and she went, "Yes." That was. I it. really wanted you to say she was coming out of Greg's and like slamming <laughs> down a baked bean slice. And <laughs> I would have hoping loved no one would see that. Her. <laughs> She's she's part of that like old school British TV cooking stuff of um, uh, now you you may want to put half a clove of garlic in this but if you don't like it spicy that's fine just <laughs> oh my milk. god yeah fucking so, hell because I'm I'm just old enough I'm I'm significantly older than both of you and I'm just old enough to remember when telly was sort of like telly food was like early Delia and I remember as a kid um, her talking about this Italian sauce that you won't have heard of. Uh, and it's made with olive oil, which you can get from the chemists. Um, and oh it was, that's how pesto was introduced to a grateful nation. Oh no. my God. Um, wow. And it's all this, you know, it's all this sort of it, 
innovative for its time, but still. And, and my, I remember my mum getting olive oil from Boots because that's, that's where oh, you got it from. Oh, my goodness me. Yeah, I was talking to my mum about the fact that they didn't used to eat pasta. Like, the idea of eating pasta would be really wow. wild. Just spaghetti in a tin. Spaghetti hoops. Spaghetti yeah. hoops, yeah. I think yeah. food is so tied to, like, our relationship with our families. I think there's no way of getting around that. It's there, like, food. Yeah, absolutely. And how you think about food, so much of it comes from how you're raised and, and what, you're, what you're used to. Yeah. And what you expect to eat, yeah, yeah. and what you are expected to yeah. eat too. Mm, and those comfort things you go to, like mm-hmm. um, Marmite on toast or things like that. Sorry, sorry, John, because you can't <laughs> have that anymore. But you know, so, Kate, have you found uh, a replacement Mar- for Marmite on toast? You cannot replace bread. Everything that you make um, that's supposed to be a bread replacement comes out sort of spongy, mm. and like you feel like. If I sque- like it, this tastes a little bit like rye bread, but I feel like if I squeeze it, significant water would come out of it, uh, and that's you know that's yeah. that's not bread. But Marmite, you know, fortunately Marmite are sort of colossal in their outsourcing, so I can still have Marmite cream cheese and Marmite peanut butter oh, and yeah. and Marmite hummus, which is disgusting, so I won't. Oh, I've but, not um, heard of that. <clears throat> is that gross? It's Don't pretty gross, but the peanut butter is everything, and uh, I can have that by the spoonful. Mm. What do you have it with then if you're not having it with toast? Is it a crust? A spoon. Oh, a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's more decadent in a way. Just have a little man, actually. I, I actually, I don't know if you can have them, but like rice cakes? Have you? Again, rice is, is not, white rice in particular is not mm. ideal. But um, mm. but um, this is this is sort of brings it back to Nadia because um, being able to think, okay, I've never necessarily thought these things would go together before, but let's see what happens uh, if I do it. It's very much her kind of energy. Um, mm, yeah. So it, it is, um, when your diet is restricted to man is now, you, you do get a little bit more fearless about trying things together to see if they work. And have the um, experience of it as well, because I feel like food often is a thing that makes us feel really alive and connected to other people, especially when we're, sharing like a new experience with someone else like a new food experience like absolutely i remember like a f- I, I remember a few months ago i mean my memory is bad um, <laughs> a few months ago i went to like a seafood place with my with my friend and uh the food wasn't great I, but i'm not really like a seafood person but i never i'd never had oysters before and i was like do you know what i'm gonna do it and um, it was awful, and I and I for the whole <laughs> for the whole rest of the evening, I felt like I was gonna cough up phlegm, like God. I just felt like there was just phlegm like in my, and I was like, I can't understand how anyone enjoys this. But I did it, and it was like an experience yeah. that I that I remember, you know. So what have you been experimenting with, John, in the food department? The first thing that springs to mind is you know, very unvegan, which is just using. Pepperamis as a hummus vessel. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> it really I can is. really imagine um, that. It was really evocative the way you described that. <laughs> you know, just sitting in front of the telly. Vessel. Open pot. Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, you, you know, they'll take a good dollop of hummus on the end. Oh, I would uh, say they would. I would imagine Also, anything you're would. having with hummus is just an equivalent of a spoon, isn't it? It's something yeah. to get the hummus from yeah. the container yeah, exactly. into gob. Yeah. And there are some really good ice creams you can do with um, with frozen berries and mascarpone in a food processor because the frozen berries sort of freeze the 
freeze the cheese and you get sort of cheesecakey, mm. um, fruity ice cream. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, and the, the tiny violin isn't sort of necessarily being played. I'd still get to eat lots of good things. But Yeah, you deserve you a watch... bit of a violin, though, because it is, <laughs> it is a rough, it's a rough deal. But when you watch a TV cookery show, um, my mind is now constantly ticking over. Like I joked about it earlier, but on Nadia's most recent show, if she makes... If she makes a particular cake, I think, right, okay, what's the almond flour and <laughs> fake sugar substitute version of that? And, you know, with this quiche, can I do a cheese pastry instead of a flour one? And, That's and it's so a, clever. It, it, it's sort of that kind of thing of, of, of sort of improvising. It's a very creative a, part of your brain, isn't it? It shows that you are a creative person. The fact you're able to substitute those, I would find that really challenging, I think, to have the imagination. I know that sounds silly, but mm. to go... To actually ha- well, be, recreate something yourself. Well, it's, it, it's through repetition, I suppose, because uh, I've I've become used to the fact that there are, you know, there are basically two flowers, um, <laughs> almond and coconut, and you know, you you watch a recipe on the telly and you think, mm, I'm not sure, not sure almond would work for that, but coconut would, and uh, and then you know, then you're away. I mean, the the problem is, it's like it's low fat mayonnaise syndrome because you know, you look at low fat mayonnaise and you think. No, either don't have mayonnaise or have mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. thing in the middle. So a lot of the things that are trying to ape something else, like you know, oh, it's bread. Um, there's no point in it. Yeah. You just have to. You just have to embrace the fact that you're eating fat and protein and nothing else, and think what would what would taste nice together. Mm. Is there anything you've put uh, together that's been absolutely disgusting? Oh, mate, so much. <laughs> um, uh, there's there are there are some combinations that. That shouldn't be seen. Like I got a diet book that said use cabbage as pasta, and those people were lying. Oh yeah. Oh um, god. Uh, no. uh, so like strips of strips of cabbage instead of uh, instead of like tagliatelle, and you just think oh, this is a big mushy heap of mush. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you yeah, there's there's a there's a certain amount of of trial and error, and, and there are some things where because my palate has changed so much that my my sort of capacity for sweetness is really different because I haven't any sugar, and um, I'll serve a a sort of fake chocolate brownie or a, a fake like creme brulee or something that I've made from a recipe and I'm thinking this is brilliant it tastes just like the real thing and I'll, I'll serve one to my husband to go look what I've done and he'll go yes that's I mean I, I'm not sure I'll be having that again but it's <laughs> still it's very well done because that's very oh, close to that was gonna I don't be, know what <laughs> that was going to be my next question was whether your husband was doing it with you or if you're having to sort of cook separate things I'm kind, I've kind of become a feeder uh, because right. I'm so determined that he's not going to miss out on stuff that I like I can't go to the shop and come back without chocolate um, and it's like eat the chocolate eat the chocolate it's for fine, me it's fine I'm fine <laughs> I don't miss um, it I don't miss it I would be the complete opposite I'd be like if I'm not having it you're not having it <laughs> that's so nice of you <laughs> and you know th- there are times when um uh like I'll make courgette spaghetti and and sometimes I make pasta for him to to have instead and sometimes he'll just eat the courgette and like it. Damn it! Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, there's no sort of hard and fast rule, but I'm I'm conscious of. I mean, the easiest thing to do is to make like a normal meal where he has spuds with it and I don't. You know, yeah. it's yeah. it's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It takes so much planning and thinking, though. Like this has always been my struggle with food. It's never been in the eating of it, but in the planning of it. Mm. So, like, I've had to do, like, 
as an adult now, I've got a lot better in the pandemic. Like, I really have to make, like, cooking part of, like, my routine. and I, But I really have to force myself to do it. But yeah. I don't know, John, I think you said that you had always been someone who loved cooking. Was that was that a feature of your childhood or was that just something that you got into when you left home? Or Oh, that's a good question. Um, more as an adult than as a child, although, you know, I did all the all the sort of typical middle-class baking with mother type Mm of cake stuff. Um, But I cooked quite a lot as a student and, yeah, I just got more and more into it. Oh, my gosh, wow. What were you cooking as a student (laughs) that wasn't super noodles? Like Ponzi 90s food. Roulades. (laughs) Roulades. I don't think I I I ate anything at uni that wasn't a carb or that you couldn't prepare in five minutes or that mm-hmm. I wasn't getting from the no. chippy. That's it. We talked about food combinations earlier. As a student, I made the single most disgusting dish I've ever eaten. <gasps> what was it? Uh, what which was, was it? Well, it was post-pub stuff and <laughs> you know, got, got back from the pub hungry and I had that very student thing of a quote pasta salad, which is some leftover tomato pasta that you dumped mayonnaise in earlier that day. Right, yeah. And I had that, I had that in the fridge, but I thought, no, I want something hot. Um, so I thought, well, mayonnaise is a fat, so what I'll do is I'll fry this. I'll fry this cold pasta, um, but that might be a bit bland. And so I just went crazy adding stuff. I started with breadcrumbs. I don't know why I had breadcrumbs. <laughs> And then loads of grated cheese and then a big dollop of Marmite and some chilli. And, God, it was disgusting. It was so horrible. I mean, it sounds it must pretty be, disgusting. It must have been for you to remember it. Like, I don't remember <laughs> you know, a single meal that I had at uni. <laughs> you know, pan-fried mayonnaise, Marmite pasta salad. That's yeah, that's oh it. Oh, my gosh. Famous, delicious. It's Jamie's 15-minute meal. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. That would be a fantastic cookbook idea. Pisshead meals. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Nigel Slater always used to do like this as a sausage sandwich for after the pub. Uh, and, you know, that, that kind of thing makes more sense. There's a Nigella Lawson recipe for you can make this after the pub. And it's a caramel brioche bread and butter pudding. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> it sounds great, but no one's making it after the pub. Oh, yeah, that's a very good one. <laughs> 
you get home and what you do is two hours of prep. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like the people who say, and, and yeah, Nadia's guilty of this sometimes, it's like, um, this is a really good breakfast on the go, so start by chopping your apricot. And, and if you have to get out a chopping board, <laughs> no. It ain't happening. It's not, no. it's not breakfast if you have a chopping no. board. That's a, that's a line in the sand. I went to see Nigella Lawson really randomly. Like, I'm not a big fan of hers, but I was just... I was having some time off and I saw that she was on at the South Bank Centre and she did exactly that where she said so many recipes that had ingredients that I'd never even heard of and you always use the word like, um, well, she would say things like it's a basic human right to have a flabba dabba dabba flab blue. What the fuck are you on about? What are you on about? <laughs> you learn a lot about someone for, from what they call a store company. Yes, yes. If people are saying, you know, oh, um, store cupboard stuff, and they like like flour or pasta and mushroom ketchup. <laughs> like, is that a ooh, thing? Mushroom ketchup sounds great. <laughs> mushroom ketchup ooh. is a thing. Yeah. Is that a new thing for you? Has that been? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not a mushroom no. fan. So. Um, have you? Um, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but have you been following the new breaking news about fungi? Fungi. What's happened? Oh, don't tell me they've done no. something bad. No. Who have they? Who have they hurt? <laughs> They're cancelled. They're cancelled. Mushrooms are cancelled. I can't believe it. I literally, I was just eating them. What, oh, what the fuck? There's a historic tweet from mushrooms in 2008. <laughs> I cannot believe what it says. This is why I'm off Twitter now. I can't have another food group ruined for me. So I'm gone. <laughs> Look, I won't get into it too much, but do your own googling. Yeah. There's a podcast called something like. The Truth About Fungi. And then David Attenborough did a very small section on his um, Green Planet that's, that's on at the moment about fungi. And basically, we've, there's been all these discoveries about how there are these giant organisms under the surface of the Earth that are just one giant fungi that are networks that then trees use to communicate through. And they send each other electronic signals, including uh, warning each other if there's like a plant-eating animal They'll send a signal so then the other trees know to produce um, like protective hormones. And also, trees, when they're dying, send their nutrients through the fungi to trees that they know are from their seed, so they're babies, essentially. It's just blown oh, my mind. Yeah. It's called yeah. the Microrizal Network or something under lots of forests. Uh, yeah, go and Google it. It's, it makes you never want to eat a mushroom again. Is it really cynical of me to say that these tree-protecting mushrooms aren't doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. I guess, how do you signal to someone that there's someone with a giant chainsaw coming <laughs> for you? What can you do about that? <laughs> they're, they're doing their best, and that's what counts. The thing that, that the mind-blowing fact that I heard, and for, apologies if you heard this before, and again, something people can Google, is um, apparently, according to some kind of research, uh, elephants see humans the way we see puppies. So they're like, oh, look at it. Oh, look at the little thing. Oh, it's so cute. That is amazing. Humbling. Very humbling. We are very cute, and it's time that someone noticed. Yes. (laughs) We're not just murderers that are ruining the planet. No, we're weird and we're cute and we're all fleshy. And elephants want to smash us on the nose. Uh, have you watched all of Nadia's other series then since she was on Bake Off? Yeah, I've got all, got all the books. Um, wow. The, the, there's, that, there's that massive enthusiasm and joy she has that um, even when it's largely stuff that I can't eat, I'm watching the telly just enjoying her and enjoying yeah. her. And I think she's, she's managed something really, um, 
really tricky actually. She's walked a really uh, hard to navigate line because she's still just about getting away with, you know, relatable mum of three, busy mum, uh, I've got to get food on the table, yeah. that kind of vibe. And she's like a massively rich TV icon. Yeah. And she's, yeah. It, it, it's like when, you know, when like bands get a first album and they're all young and raw and hungry and it's all about throwing up in the night bus and then, and then their, their, their third album is, is like, oh, I've got too much cocaine, if anything. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, oh, I'm in LA to... and everything's horrible yeah. and you're like, fuck off. Yeah, it's like a whole album of songs about, I don't like press conferences. <laughs> and, um, but uh, she still she still manages to get away with what is essentially a kind of lie because, mm-hmm. you know, she's, she's not, you know, she, she's juggling all kinds of things, but not in a cosy, I'm just a mum kind of way. It's yeah. a, um, she's a massive media presence. But you, you sum, when she says, you know, I just like on a Sunday to reach for this jar of stuff and mix up this jar of stuff and, cook, and make this for my family, you go... Well, I believe you, even if that's only two Sundays a year, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and I guess... Go on, go on, babe. You go, Tilly. No, 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 you go, you go. I guess it comes from... It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> no, it's Honestly. completely fine, you go. <laughs> you have you to go. go now, you have to go. <laughs> My mind is a cave, it's a bat cave, you must go. Take the I... mantle, Tilly, for us all. Uh, I was going to say that she's suffered uh, with anxiety, just like Helen's doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's had panic attacks, hasn't she, which she sort of opened yeah. up about. And been quite an ambassador about it. And there's that, there's that speech she made at the Bake Off final, which is when she sort of cemented herself in people's hearts. Which, oh, I don't uh, yeah, remember I'm that. She said something like, she, was, she was, she'd just been told she'd won, and she was very tearful, and she was saying, I'm never going to put limits on myself again. I'm never going to tell myself I can't, I, I can and I will. Um, and it, it struck me thinking about that this week in the light of all the intensely annoying, you've got the same 24 hours in the day as Beyonce thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can and I will isn't, doesn't feel like toxic positivity. It doesn't feel like you can do anything. It's just, there's a sense of, here's a thing that I want to achieve and I'm not going to trip myself up at the start by saying yeah. I'll probably be shit at it. Yeah, yeah. That's so lovely and explains why she's managed to keep that, like you say, I don't want to call it, it's not a facade, but that personality, character, yeah. I guess, up because that that truth behind where she's come from and how she did it will always remain. And I guess she probably is, continues to be really grateful that it has happened to her because if she did have that sort of doubt at the beginning of whether or not to put herself forward and now she's such a icon. I think... There was, I read somewhere about it, it was her first time on a train or something when she went to Bake Off. Like she'd, wow. she she'd lived a really she she'd never left her hometown. I think she 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 was, you know, she kept herself small kind of thing because of the anxiety, and then just to go on telly and go, oh yeah, I'm actually really good at this, and oh look, I've won. It's oh, just such a such sorry, a cool I'm thing cry. to happen. But actually, <laughs> like you say, that could completely then mean you do the opposite and you d- can't deal with the fame and you. Um, become an awful version of yourself. I think it's just a real credit to her as a person that she's just continued to be so lovely. I bet you after we put this out next week, it turns out she's like <laughs> doing some sort of illegal, she's awful... In, she's in league with the mushrooms. And she's, <laughs> they're both, they're both cancelled. She's jamming the mushroom signal so they can't save the tree. <laughs> oh my God, it's her. She's the reason climate change is happening. <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking about, you know, what is there, is there stuff not to like about her? And uh, 
And then I thought, well, yeah, there are a lot of people who don't like her, but we know who they are and we know why. So yeah. Yeah. they don't need our time. Yeah. But there's, she doesn't... I mean, this is such a boring, cliche thing to say about, about somebody in the public eye, but she does seem completely genuine. You know, yeah. You, you, like, Helen, you moved away from using the facade, because the, the word facade, because she, she doesn't feel like she's portraying a persona, even though sometimes she is, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess it's a character built on the person that she really is, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think... So my theory is... <laughs> <laughs> Go on, give us your hot take. Well, I think... Because I feel like if... Helen's famous. If I had become famous, and if it had happened to me, like, pre a certain age... So I think if if, if I'd become famous pre... This sounds like I'm saying I'm famous. I'm not. What I'm saying is, let's say I became famous age... Anything below 27? I think I would have been a complete cunt. And I'm just wondering if... <laughs> I mean, he- Helen, you were, you were pretty much 22 onwards, and you've always been nice. But how nice are you, John? <laughs> really? Really, deep down, <laughs> in your heart I'm, and soul. I'm a lot nicer than I would have been if I'd been famous. <laughs> yeah, well, this is what I think, because I just think the machine of it turns you is designed to turn you into an arsehole, and that's mm. why I find it really impressive when, well, I mean, obviously we don't know her, but someone like Nadia who seems very genuine and hasn't let it go to their head. Yeah. Watching people watching people you know become famous is a really interesting thing. Yeah. Um, and that's happened to me with a few of my friends, yeah. including uh, your, your TV dad, Helen. Um, oh! Um, David, uh, who I've known since I was 19. Oh! And um, he stayed fairly level-headed with it. Mm. Um, but other people that... I'm sorry to rob to an extent, but I, I, I know some other people uh, who I've known from about that time, and I think, you sometimes think, mm, you're not handling that very well. I'm going to WhatsApp you after this to find out. <laughs> <laughs> we can bleep, we can bleep. No, it's true. I think as well, there is a shift. I mean, who knows if this is just me hypothesising, but I think we all have this with like agents and people it always feels like you're working for people even though those people are actually sort of there to facilitate the the career and the like character that is you quote unquote and I think it must be incredibly difficult to work out what you actually have autonomy over and ownership over and what you can say yes to and what you can say no to and the more and the more you can forge it yourself I think the the nicer and the more genuine you can be and I wonder how many opportunities you know Nadia's turned down or We'll never know, I guess, will mm-hmm. we? How much autonomy yeah. she's been able to have over her own career. But you see it a lot with social media people where you can't you can't tell what has been done because have they're publicity. I've had my video off this whole time. Yeah, I thought you were being insecure. I thought you needed a little moment to... I just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot. I thought you were being shy. <laughs> shy with our guest. I've literally been mooning and like doing faces at the camera <laughs> for like 30 what minutes and no one told me my video. For fuck's sake, man. Wondering why? Have you been sitting there thinking I just did a really brilliant face and nobody laughed? Yeah. (laughs) I just thought, God, I'm doing so well. You were on at the beginning, Tilly. Your face was there at the beginning, and then you switched off. Sorry, when John was talking about his personal challenges, I thought you needed a little. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, enough about your health stuff. I've got. I've got to go. 
I'm going to make a cup of tea and just put eight sugars in it. I'll just switch my uh, switch camera. I've got to do my, so you know, my, oh, my what's it called, my Wordle for the day, so I've gone off yeah. camera. How embarrassing. I'm so sorry. No, it's Helen. nice to have you back. Hi, everyone. Hi. Is anybody doing Wordle, by the way? Yeah. I do it every day, but... Um, and then I send my score to my parents and my uh, boyfriend, and that's it. I'm a Wordle hypocrite. Because <gasps> I... I, I Early on, I'm not one of the people that, st- that still bangs on about it, but I did complain a little bit on social media about suddenly seeing loads of coloured squares everywhere. Yeah, fair enough. And, and then I started doing it. And <laughs> now I'm locked in this thing of I can't ever share anything from it because I complained about it. And I'm actually on a really good run. Oh. Um, no, <laughs> what, did you get, what did you get with today's? Uh, today I got in four. Mm, me too. I did have, I did have, I I did have one. Wow. I had one failure a couple of days ago, but I'd had a very long day at rehearsal and I'm blaming that. I wonder if yeah. there's anyone listening who still doesn't know what Wordle is and is confused what's happening. But this is where we say do your own Googling, isn't it? <laughs> I downloaded an app called Wordle that I was using for quite a while, wondering what all the hype was about. Did anyone else do that? I did the same. <laughs> what, yeah. what was this? And also, I, I miss things now because I'm, I'm not on Twitter. I can't, oh, believe I, can't... What, I can't believe I've just spent the last 20 minutes going like this. <laughs> 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 Nodding away to no one. <laughs> Yeah, there are, there are various rip-off apps, some of which have, like, in-app purchases. And the whole thing about the Wordle that everyone's doing is, no. as I said, it's free and there will it's never free. be any advertising. Wordle is for everyone. Yeah. This is just like when Bake Off went to Channel 4. <laughs> I also think the one I didn't get the other day was um, uh, Karmic Punishment, because uh, and it's a line that anyone would have grabbed, right? It's a line that was floating past me and I grabbed it and anyone would have done but in the dressing room uh, of the show I'm doing at the moment, one of my fellow actors said, um, uh, John, do you know, does it tell you what the word is if you haven't completed, you know, if you haven't got it right? And I said, I'm terribly sorry, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then two days later, bang, there it is. Yeah, you found um, it they, first they just shut you in the cupboard with all the puppets. <laughs> <laughs> It's workplace bullying, John. You, mm. you, we take this seriously it, now. Yeah, I, I'll have to talk to equity, except yeah. I'm the equity debt, so I'll just have to talk to myself. Talk to yourself. Oh, are you? Oh, okay. Oh. That tells me a lot about you, the fact that you went, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm like, I always come in, I'm like, hey, everyone, who's, who's going to be equity? <laughs> Again, for anyone that doesn't know, so if you're ever on a show, equity, come and visit, and one of the company need to sort of be the... The DEP or the REP? What do we call it? Yeah. De- the DEP. I think they're interchangeable, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, and um, and Are that you still normally on the committee, Helen. I am. I'm on the young members committee, representing. How's that going? It's going well. Thank you very yeah. much. I just remember when I was in a show just before COVID broke, and um, normally the equity debt. It's very rare that there's actually anything that happens. Is that fair to say, John? Or have you found that you have been a yeah. Thing? Whereas then, obviously, and I felt so bad because we all nominated the guy who did it on our in our company because no one wanted to do it and we went he's nice he'll do it and then obviously the next six months of his life was renegotiating all of our contracts <laughs> I know we felt awful he was on daily zoom it was just it was yeah it was not a good situation <laughs> sorry but, but did yeah, he do uh, a good job oh it was great yeah it was great because <laughs> very very say? often it's like uh, the nice guy or the person that you think will be too nice to say no or there's a real sort of ageist bullying that happens where everyone over 35 says get the youngest one to do it just get the, get the, get <laughs> yeah, the youngest yeah. one to do it oh I love that reverse <laughs> ageism I actually think it's great 
What a way for them to learn. Exactly. And also, it, it's, a, it's, well, it's a great opportunity because then, you know, you do it at 22 and then you spend the next 30 years of your career saying, I've just done one, I've just done it. <laughs> uh, so I, I think I'd let, better let someone else oh, have I might try that. <laughs> just, it's a lie, but I might just say, oh, I did the last three. I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> you could do like, if you're, if, being on the committee, you could do like a conflict of interest. Oh, that's line, a good one. Sure. Oh, that's a good one. Because you'd be complaining to me, so I need to... Also, guys, everyone should join their union. It's a good thing. Yes, that, definitely that. And be your rep yes. or your dep. You do, you do it. You go for it. Yeah, don't be like me. I do, but listen, I do obviously class solidarity and unions and all that kind of stuff, but I'm just... It's too much for me, babe. I can't be on stage and also feel like I've got an office job. Do you know what I mean? I can't do it. I bet Gemma Collins isn't in a union. <laughs> Absolutely not. Imagine if there was an influencers union. Imagine the minutes of those meetings. Well, there's a bit of a conversation at Equity at the moment whether to include influencers because, you know, technically they're creative performers. Should they have representation too? It's very contentious. I won't get into it. It's such a sketch idea. <laughs> the meeting of the Influencers Union is such a sketch Let's idea. Let's do it. Let's I mean, oh, it is, isn't it? it, it Let's is. make that happen. <laughs> John, is there anything else that you would like to say about your one true hero that we've not covered, do you think? Your one true hero. Sorry, um, I gave her that name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I love that. Um, uh, reminds me of one true voice, which maybe was the intention. The uh, the pop stars band from the early two thousand. Oh, R.I.P. Um, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't say that in case one of them <laughs> died. I'm gonna Google. I think everyone's fine. No, I don't. I just. I don't think I've got anything to add tonight to what we've said. It's just. It, it's. A, I think her appeal is very simple, such as it is, which is. Um, she's. She, you know, we've said a lot, a lot of times. She's. She's really genuine. She's really joyful. Mm. She's. She's not afraid to be vulnerable. I did see a, a quote um, uh, that said that she had uh, done more to uh, improve cohesion between uh, uh, the Muslim community and the rest of British society than the government had in the last <laughs> 10 years. And I thought, on the one yeah. hand, that's nice. And, and on the other hand, my toothbrush has done more to improve. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's a low British bar, Muslim isn't it? Cohesion <laughs> than the government has. But, um, yeah, I just, I just think she's... like. Nice, and, yeah. and I don't. I don't use nice in the sort of uh, bland. You know, no, not nice. Good. I think she strikes me as good. Yeah, I'm with you. Honestly, like I say, I'm I can't wait you. for the scandal to come out next week after we put this up. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to yeah there is it. like a bitching curse that happens, John, mm-hmm. where basically whenever we do an episode on anyone, next week something happens. Yeah, not well, not, is... not always something bad, but they're in the news the week mm-hmm. after. So. But maybe that's going to be the mushrooms. Or the <gasps> maybe we are the mushrooms, mm. causing I feel like people one. to rise above the I'm, surface. I'm beginning to feel more and more like one. Maybe the real mushrooms were the friends we made. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the real networking was all the mushrooms I ate <laughs> along the way. They are delicious. My closing question to everybody is: What yes. are you having for your tea tonight? Or what have you had already for your tea tonight? We're recording this at, it's now 7pm on a Sunday, so I'm intrigued what everyone is eating. What a great closing question. I don't have a kitchen at the moment, um, so I've come back from tour, and I'm, uh, if I'm slightly echoey, it's because I'm sitting in the empty shell of our kitchen that's being rebuilt. Wow. So after wow. uh, a week of microwave and digs and not having a kitchen here, it is takeaway night tonight. <gasps> Ooh. Uh, and I have... 
I've basically got two takeaways that are still on the menu. Uh, one is Indian, because you don't have to have naan or rice. But tonight, I think I'm going to have a burrito bowl. Oh, yes. Ooh. I'm here for that. Oh, yes. that's... Oh, I'm jealous of that. I'm doing cheer oh, hands. Oh, my God. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Everything except the rice. Just have some, have some extra veg underneath. Mm. Beans, guacamole. It's like eating normal food. How yeah. spicy are we talking? What what spice level do you go for? Um, I'll usually hover around a pico de gallo. I think. Mm. Don't want to go too too much uh, spicier mm. than that, which is usually like labelled medium. I think. Mm. Mm. Um, I'm I'm a medium gal too. Yeah, you don't want to. Um, at Nando's, I was always I was always hot. Mm. Um, which I think is probably a toxic masculinity thing. <laughs> but it's good to recognise that. <laughs> it's, it's not as nice as medium, but I still ordered it, and I'm going to go and think about why that is. Um, but, yeah, what about you, guys? What about you, Tilly? Um, I actually had... I had a really weird mashup of things. I had some leftover Indian food from last night. Mm. So some leftover, like, like t- uh, masala... Paneer, so like paneer in like masala sauce. Delicious. And then like some fried aubergine thing. And then I put two veggie sausages in the air fryer and roasted some broccoli and also roasted two mushrooms that I got from the co op on my way (laughs) home because they were reduced and they were like. That's like a a mezzo. Yeah, that is a real whole, whole platter. And do you know what? Actually, it was it was delicious. A smorgasbord. I'm glad I did it. Leftover curry takeaway soup is one of the great things. Just little, Ooh. just all the leftovers of whatever you've ordered uh, in a pan with some some onion and a bit of stock, and then was it up with a stick blender? That is genius. So I think good. you should have your own cooking show, John. Yeah. I really do. You should. Oh my god, you should do like a like charting your journey without oh my gosh yeah and so many people who bread. aren't as creative in john the kitchen without john without bread <laughs> i'm here for it i would watch that yeah 100 I'd, I'd but i'd be in the pocket of big almond That's the, <laughs> everyone, everyone wouldn't know where i was coming from um i am eating a wagamama oh i know i don't know if anyone's had their sorry john you won't be able to but they're steamed buns they're steamed buns oh i what are they like bow buns yeah and they do a vegan fake meat which is so meaty and barbecuey and delicious so i'm very excited you're gonna love me so much i can't use this book as much now uh, as previously mentioned but for christmas not this christmas just on the previous christmas i got a book of vegan japanese cookery <gasps> it's so good which has a cauliflower katsu recipe in it which is the best. I don't, my mouth it's is watering. Will you send me a picture <laughs> it, of it? <gasps> yeah, I'll send, yeah, I'll send it over. Oh my gosh, it's while you so save good. a day, that is very exciting. <laughs> oh, I love a katsu. <gasps> Yay. So nice. Well, I'm hungry, so I've got to say. <laughs> Everyone's ready for their takeaways. Everyone's ready for their takeaways. John, it's been so nice to have you on. Thank you oh, for being thank you so much thank for coming you, on. Thank you so, so much. So it, fun. Oh, it's been lovely. It's just, I, I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. Oh, same I don't know who would listen to you. <laughs> well, <laughs> not many people. Well, we can stop recording now and then, we'll, <laughs> and then, we, can, then we can chat. No. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Bitchin' with Tilly Steele and Helen Monks. Our music is by Dave Cribb and our artwork is by Luke W. Robson. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you're enjoying it. And do follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We love to hear.